Welcome to Law Money Matters, presented by Saturna Capital. I'm Christopher Patton. And I'm Monin Salam. Happy New Year, Chris. Thank you. Yes, and you as well. Uh, yeah, I was I was in very bitter cold Chicago. There was a conference that I was attending. Oh, right. If you remember the last episode, I told you that I was going to be going and spending Christmas holidays uh, at a conference, and I did. And it, was, it turned out to be really good. It's New Year's. Are you setting goals? Are you are you a resolutions guy? Not not particularly. I mean, I do have okay. things that I'd, I'd like to be able to do by the end of the year, um, but I don't typically write them down. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just constantly keep them in my head um, and certain things. And then, and then they, they kind of do. And, and I know other people are like one, those that actually write them down um, and mm-hmm. really kind of just stick to them and kind of come up with a game plan, that type of thing. So how about yourself? I guess I'm somebody who likes to make maybe too many goals. Um, you, you can always roll them over into the new year. I guess, <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but some people get very into making very specific goals and there's an economy built around new year's yeah. resolutions, making changes, changing your life and that sort of thing. Absolutely. I mean, like how many people, you know, sign up for a gym membership for like 12 months and then I'm going two days, right? Yeah, that's, exactly. Like you said, there's a whole economy behind, built, yeah. built around it. So. We have a guest today that's all about maximizing potential, wrote a book called Chasing 100, which is about getting the most out of every day. It might sound somewhat similar to an episode we recently did about productivity. I can tell you it's not the same vibe on this one. I think what we learned afterwards, at least what I did, was they're, they're coming at it from two different perspectives. And, you know, you can maybe adopt both or you can take good, good things from one or the other, but I think uh, hopefully it'll benefit a lot of people. Yeah. We spoke with Adnan Jalali, the CEO of the Jalali group focuses on leadership coaching and training. Uh, He's got a background in education, which I like, I think it's cool masters in education. He's got a different vibe about kind of making your goals work for you. And I, I think that probably will help a lot of people as we get into the new year who feel obligated to set very specific and kind of arbitrary goals. Yeah, let's do this. Uh, welcome, Adan. It's uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's it's an honor. Happy New Year, and I hope you had a great holiday season. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, likewise. So, you know, uh, I wanted to start off and really talk a little bit about, uh, you know, during the during the beginning of the year, um, you know, people always are of the mind frame of, you know, I, I want to be able to, uh, um, you know, set some goals up for myself, or this is the year that I'm going to be a different person you know, those type of things. But I really, you know, uh, in our conversations we've had in the past, I really like your angle of the way you come into this, uh, this kind of whole framework of, of really redefining who you are. So if you don't mind just kind of starting off and just kind of telling us a little bit about, about that framework. So, so, you know, one thing I always say is, is, is (laughs) the hardest thing to do in life is to change ourselves, right? That's the greatest challenge. And I think that's actually our ultimate challenge in life is getting the most out of ourselves, right? That's, that's where the whole concept of chasing 100 uh, was born, right? Um, so, you know, so in redefining ourselves, I think, first of all, you have to really dig deep and understand what is it that you want, right? A lot of times we don't achieve our goals because they're not really calling to us. It's, it's, it's goals that we make because, other people would be happy if we reached them, right? And that, uh, and that other person could be like anybody in your family or... It could be your parents. It could be, you know, depending on, on, on the age, right? When you're younger, it's more your parents. When it's older, it might be your spouse, right? Um, but whatever it is, a lot of times we 
our motivations are too driven by external factors rather than internal factors. I think the pace of life uh, in the U.S. in particular is so fast that we're just go, 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 go. And so, you know, what I suggest everyone to do is to take a step back and really dig deep and think about what it is that you really want. Because once you really find that deep inside, the motivation factor becomes exponential because now it's, you know what, this is who I need to become. I need to accomplish this because this is part of me reaching my best self. It's not from my wife's uh, encourager or it's not her dream or it's not my husband's dream. It's not my parents' dream. It's my dream. It's what I need to do, right? Uh, to fulfill my 100 or to reach my best self. So I said, I would say the first thing in redefining ourselves is to, is to make sure that that vision of our new self is driven from a, a deep, deep internal desire. Well, I noticed on your website, you had a piece talking about the importance of making a personal mission statement, yes. which to me, I hadn't quite thought of it that way before. And kind of, you know, just a, it doesn't have to be long, but just something that you've kind of dialed in to define that you can compare your actions against um, exactly. every day or whenever. And that, that kind of spoke to me. It sounds like something I should do. Yeah, I mean, you know, every company, if you look at organizations, the great companies, you know, like Saturna and others, you know, they have a powerful mission statement. Why do we exist? Why us and not anyone else, right? So they have a powerful mission statement, but a lot of times in our own lives, we don't have our own personal mission statement, you know? So, you know, and and you guys know um, when you work in good, good companies or good organizations, all your actions lead back to that mission statement. They have to be aligned. When your actions are misaligned or your decisions, right, are misaligned with your mission statement, then you know you're veering off track and you need to come back, right? So it kind of guides you. So, so I, I feel the same thing as, as individuals. You know, we need to have a personal mission statement that kind of when we go off track, it kind of pulls us back to, to where we need to go because it's normal. As human beings, we're going to get off track. It's not, it's not an if, it's, it's when. So, so for, for example, my personal, personal mission statement is uh, to positively impact as many lives as possible through leadership, education, and love, right? So I have to, you know, from time to time, I have to look at my actions and say, okay, are my actions aligning to my per- personal mission statement? And if they're not, that's when I have to, you know, take a hard look at the mirror and uh, make the kind of changes that I need to make. But then, you know, that's a great statement. I'd, I'd love to adopt it uh, for myself. Um, but how long do you think it took you to come up with that? Um, one thing. And the, the second thing is, how often do you revisit it? So it's great questions. Um, you know, this whole concept of chasing 100 or what I really want in life and defining who I am and defining my core values, my personal mission statement, all these things, it's a process. Um, I, you know, I don't want to throw out a timetable. Because for everyone, the process is going to be different. Some people, it's going to take years, <laughs> right? Some people, it's going to take months. Some people, it's going to be automatic, right? My process was probably, in terms of defining who I wanted to become, uh, ultimately, and what really drove me, it probably took between six to nine months, me personally. Um, so second part of your question. So I'm a little different, right? I think Monam, you're very, 
you're super, I can tell, you know, I've known you for a long time. You're super organized and very much, you know, like, Hey, at this time on this day, I'm going to revisit that, you know, obviously works well for you. I would say organically, it probably happens every, every couple months, but I don't have it in my calendar per se. I'm not against that. I think that's actually a better idea. But it's just, just being around Mona makes you a better person. You see that? You see that? Yeah, He's not even it. saying anything. But I just, you know. So yeah, I would say me personally, probably every couple months. It's, it's really funny. Um, you know, way back about 20 years ago, it was similar to missions. I didn't do a mission statement, but I did write down like, uh, you know, what people, most people call a bucket list. I call it a wish list, right? And I broke yeah. it down into like spiritual, social, and then personal. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing is I don't look at that thing, but once every two or three years, okay. but it's, it's subconsciously in my mind. Yes. And, and just the fact of me writing it down made it subconscious enough that, it, that you look at it and go, Oh, wow. Yeah. I did have that in my goal. And Oh, I did it. You know, that I, I was able to finish it kind of a thing. That's um, very powerful. What you just said. I mean, I, I, obviously I have them written down from a long time ago and, and I do, as a matter of fact, I mean, I do write little things uh, in my journal very often. It used to be daily when I first started you know, kind of redefining myself and changing my life. I needed to do it daily. Right. Uh, But now it's kind of like you said, once you do it so often, it kind of just becomes part of who you are. Right. It's like that statement that we say, you know, um, until you make what's unconscious conscious, uh, you'll keep getting the same results you've always gotten. So you have to turn that unconscious. You have to, you have to consciously rewire your unconscious. I'm, I'm sorry. This may be a little, confusing for your audience members because it's a deep concept um, no no i mean i, I think that's i think it's a very powerful what you, what you just said and so kind of you know taking that into in in, in the new year that we're in now uh, you know we've had we've been living through fairly unprecedented times absolutely and, and people have had a chance the opportunity to be revisit themselves and and really trying to figure out what's really important in their lives as well yeah yeah to add so consciously in the beginning, when you're trying to redefine yourself and you're trying to change yourself and you're trying to make a new direction, you have to consciously do that on a daily basis, whether it's writing in a journal, whether it's, you know, you, those habits have to be, you have to be extremely conscious of it and cognizant of it initially until you do it so often that it just becomes part of your part of who you are, how you roll, right? Or, or what we say is your unconscious. How much of the work you do with people is professional versus personal? And can you even separate those two things? It's, a, it's another great, great question. You guys are asking phenomenal questions. Um, so, so it's both. It's always both. I'm a big believer in you can't be an absolute beast at the workplace and just super positive and amazing and fantastic. And then you go home and you're just a completely opposite person. I just, that, that doesn't. That, that, you know, you, you can't do it. You can't do that for an extended amount of time. You can fake that for a little while, but that doesn't last. You are who you are. I always say people can't hide from who they are, who they really are at their core. And so the work that I do in terms of coaching is always both. It's always a mix of professional and personal. And at the end of the day, you know, there's a very powerful saying that I live by and that I teach my clients is the world doesn't give you what you want. It gives you who you are. So the more you become, the more you work on yourself, right? The more the, the, the results in your life are going to change drastically. Have you seen Ted Lasso? I have. Yes, so of course. I, I, when you said about, you know, nobody can be like, you know, I'm bubbly on the outside and then go home and read. 
it kind of makes me think of Ted Lasso. I mean, you know, as an example of that, I mean, he's, you know, just that has an outward personality. He has yeah. things going on in his life that, that, that kind of bring him down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's, a, it's a, one of my favorite shows. Chris, do you have anything? Not a follow up on that exact point. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, I haven't seen Ted Lasso yet, guys. Got me. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> what? Come on. I know. I know. I know You're slipping, man. You're slipping. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I started watching the show after reading an article in the Wall Street Journal about it. Yeah. I'm waiting for your article to 10, 10 lessons you can learn from Ted Lasso. You know what? That's a great idea. Monum, you see? <laughs> You know, thank you for thank you for doing me this favor of having, <laughs> having me on your podcast because I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Um, but let's kind of bring it down a little bit, maybe closer to earth, um, and really talk about you know lists or you know things that you want to do. Is it about lists? Is it about like writing down like you know these are the ten things that I want to change in my life, or is it something more 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 kind of nuanced than that? Yeah. So so I look at it in, in a couple of ways right? Uh, I break life down into different categories, right? Like kind of like what you said earlier, right? You have your categories. So I do, I do believe that we should think about different areas of our life and think of, think of them um, as almost like departments, in, in, you know, uh, as you would in an organization, right? As a CEO of an organization, you have to be, you have to have all your departments working well <laughs> to get the best from the company, I think the same as a human being, right? Uh, you know, you have your your career, right? Which in the U.S. is a huge, huge part of who we are. I mean, everywhere in the world, but specifically more, uh, I think, in the U.S. because productivity and 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 uh, accomplishment is so uh, so much a part of our DNA, right? As Americans, so I think you know, career is one thing, right? Then you have your finances. I separate those two, right? Uh, I mean, you're you know you. you you guys are the expert in that. Uh, then you have, uh, you know, your spirituality, which I think is extremely important, obviously, as, as a Muslim. Uh, you know, then you have your, your family and friends. How are your relationships with your family and your friends, right? I think that's a huge, huge thing, you know. Um, so many people that I've worked with as business owners, leaders, uh, behave a certain way because they never addressed uh, you know, certain uh, issues that they had in their relationships. And then that, that seeps into their business life, right? So, so relationships is another bucket that I look at separately. How can I improve my, my relationships with, with family and friends? Um, and I think friends, especially as, as men, as we get older, I think sometimes we, we get caught in our silos and I think we lose the, we forget how important having close friends are and spending time with friends. Matter of fact, I just had a meeting this weekend with uh, real estate entrepreneurs throughout the state of Texas. Um, and so they came together um, here in Dallas and we just had a conversation and, you know, you could see that everyone values that because they don't have that. Everyone's in their own little silos and, you know, they have their families and they have their employees and that's their world. Right. And so anyway, sorry, I'm going a little right, going into a little tangent. That's kind of how my mind works. <laughs> I think that's I mean, if we're talking about the different departments, I think that's and, and we're talking about, you know, not really being able to fully separate your professional side from your personal side. It's all part of the same thing. And, and you know, I know for me during the 
throughout the pandemic, like trying to manufacture safe ways of getting together with friends. And that has become, for me, it's a disc golf. Yeah. I just got way into it. It's like, all right, we can be outside. We can yeah, stand far exactly. apart. We yeah. can still hang out. Like I need that bucket to get filled somehow. So absolutely. Um, and it just gets harder every year to do it. And especially the last year and a half. So absolutely. And, you know, and, and they've done, you know, um, extensive research on people, uh, you know, talking to people on their deathbeds. And what is it that they regretted, right? And, you know, the main thing that they regretted was was not spending more time building their relationships, right? I mean, it was the relationships that they really, really valued more than anything, right? So, you know, so that's a huge bucket. So friends and family. And then I put your relationship with your spouse, uh, you know, in, in a different bucket because that's a huge... <laughs> You know, that's a huge other uh, aspect of life that requires its own focus and attention. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, and then you have your health, obviously. So, yeah. So, you know, so, so, so that's how I look at it. One of my, I look at it as, as all these different areas. And then I kind of work out how I want those areas to look. And then the second thing I do, once I look at, you know, into all these areas, then I look internally. Is that what, who do I need to become to, to, to fulfill all that, right? What books do I need to read? What podcasts do I need to listen to, right? What P, who, who do I need to be around? Uh, what kind of relationship I need to have with God to be able to fulfill those things? In, in, in my so, I mean, I don't want to focus on this one area that you talked about, which is your finances, since we're all talking about, a, you know, Absolutely. it's just a, a financial podcast. Sure. Um, so, I mean, typically, you know, it's like, you know, most people, what, what are they looking for? Right? Okay. They want to get out of debt. Right? Yeah. Um, they want to have a maybe better idea of where their money is going on a yearly basis. Right. Oh. Um, and then the other one is they want to be able to save uh, some money so that it's like getting out of debt and then getting into that hurdle of basically saving the money. Yeah. Um, so what are some, what are some pitfalls that you've seen in regards to that, is it is it an overreach? They they ask for too much right away, or what? What are some pitfalls that you've seen people falling into? You know, in terms of uh, finance, the finances or money. I mean, you know, you guys are the experts on that. I mean, you guys have seen it all. <laughs> in terms of what I've seen, you know, most of my clients are extremely wealthy, <laughs> or all of my clients, not most, all of them are extremely wealthy. You know. Um, is interesting. You know, I worked in education. My career was a teacher for many years and a principal, school principal in, in small uh, private schools. So, you know, I was not wealthy by any means. <laughs> you know, well, we all know the teacher's salary, uh, especially a teacher who likes to travel a lot, right? So like, <laughs> I would, you know, so, so I needed to make a change financially if I wanted to be you know, more successful moving forward. So I, I do make a distinction between wealth and income. Like, okay. You know, yeah, like for absolutely. example, like a, a, a person can be, can, can have a lot of income and still be de dead broke. Right. I mean, because they're just they're constantly living off a paycheck, whether you're making, you know, 20,000 or 200,000, you can still do that. Um, whereas wealth is, is something that you accumulate over time. Right. And it's, it's something that you fall back on and those types of things. So how are you defining it when you say, um, you know, because like, again, and the opposite is true too. I know very, very people who have, make very less, but you would think they're wealthy just because of the way they live and, and the way they treat money. It's oh, hundred percent. So, so, so when you're talking about your clients being wealthy, are they truly wealthy, or do you come across people that have income but are not really 
you know, they're just in debt and they're just pay, trying to pay off whatever they have in debt. Um, so my clients, per like the ones I deal with, are very wealthy, right? They are truly wealthy. Okay. Um, but it's but but I, and I my my point in kind of talking about my background was that I had to get around wealthy people to understand money, and, and this is how they became wealthy was by doing what you're what you're just talking about. They took their income, whatever that money was. And they put a lot of that into investments. They invested a lot of that, right? They were building their net worth. No, I think that, that, that I think you're raising a good point. I, I'm just trying to think about it from a from perspective of, let's supposing you did have a client who was, you know, in debt, and they're one one of they came to you and like, you know what, none. It's it's like this is really eating me alive, and it does, right? Because I mean, debt, especially with the interest part of it, it it sucks 100%. out everything from your from your life, whether it be, you know, we last, we have an episode on Baraka of, of money. And so yeah. it sucks out the Baraka of your, of, of, of the money that you have. So what do you, 100%. what would you tell these people? Like what, what would be the, uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm not a financial coach, sure. right? So I would probably tell them to call you to be honest. Yeah, good answer. Very good <laughs> no, answer. No, honestly, uh, but, but uh, I mean, you know, I think even from a spiritual lens, we're very much against debt, right? Like the, 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 the prophet Muhammad made a prayer, so I said, I'm like made a prayer to asking God's protection from being in debt. <laughs> so what does that say? Right. That, that debt is not, uh, you know, it's, it's not ideal. Um, and a matter of fact, I mean, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that out of the 11 guys that were in the room this weekend, the real estate entrepreneurs, almost all of them work purely on cash, wow. which is very rare to meet people who are buying commercial properties on cash and so goes the myth about you know the myth about you having to get into debt for a list that goes out the window because they're they believe in people. that yeah right. they believe in that aspect of baraka yeah. that look okay it may hurt me initially maybe harder not hurt me but it may be more difficult but there is an un unseen blessing in in, in making those efforts regardless of whatever level you're at um if you want to build better habits, um, I mean, it seems important to have goals, whatever those goals may be. So how important is it to set specific goals, regardless of whether the, the goal is to like leave a massive legacy or to just yeah. get out of debt? Sure, sure. So you talk about specifically financially. I mean, and not what the goals might be, but just really in any of in any of the buckets, like setting a goal for, uh, yeah. I mean, how do you stick with your goals, regardless of what the goals are? Sure, sure. So again, uh, I look at things in a very different way. Again, that's just my, it's my personality. I think everyone has to know who they are. Some people work very well on very strict, tight ways of doing things. I'm a much more organic person. My goals are large goals and I have them always with me and I end up accomplishing all of them, right? I mean, thank God, right? Alhamdulillah. Uh, I accomplish all of them, but it's not in a necessarily the time frame that that I have laid out. I'm just not that way. I don't function that way. I'm a much more organic, free flowing person. And you don't have to make this uh, your goal. Yeah, but it could be somebody else's that you saw, whatever it is. Sure. Given us an example. So financially, right? Okay. So I'll give you an example. One of them, uh, you know, give you a little story about my background. So when I left teaching. And I'm not, I'm not advising this <laughs> to, to anyone who's listening. When I left education, 
I had $5,000 to my name and I launched my business. And, 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 and I said, you know what? I'm going to go through the process of not only redefining myself from an educator to a leadership and an executive coach, but I'm also going to change my financial situation in that process. Mm-hmm. So that's what I changed. I, I started investing rather than spending because I'm very good at spending. I was really I good think at we spending. All are. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good at spending, but I was not good at investing. Right. And so anytime I would get a check, rather than saying, all right, I got that new, I got that thing, that that car, whatever purchase that I wanted to make, rather than that in my head, it was okay, I can purchase this amount of stock. So that's where the shift for me financially happened. And I started investing. And I think doing that for a number of years. So goals for me are more, they're bigger, right? I set them for a year and for five years. And then of course I have like an ultimate kind of where I want to get at the end. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's how I work. I don't, I don't, I'm not that stickler, you know, and, and, and I know people, a lot of people need that. They need that discipline. They need that just the way I function. I more think about the concept in general like, hey, I'm not going to spend, I'm going to invest. So I don't have a specific goal tied to that. But as I'm doing that, the goals are accomplished in the process. Man, I guess it's kind of like, you know, if, if I sat down this today and said, okay, I, I want to do these five things by the time this year ends. Yeah. Um, the question becomes, and what you're basically getting to is why, right? I mean, the ultimate goal has to be that answer to the why. Why are you doing these five? Because where you're kind of trying to get to, right? Um, yeah. it's, it's kind of kind of the idea. So, you know, maybe it, it for our audience, maybe it is good for you to write down, like you know, you want to get out of debt, you want to you know increase your balance in your Roth IRA, whatever it is. 100%. But you need to be able to step back and also ask the question: Why are you? Why do you want to do that? Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and maybe that'll help to to motivate you, maybe to even um, to get to to get you to that. Because I think ultimately for you. When when that decision was, I got money. Do I invest it or do I do I spend it? Yeah, you already had the why answer, and that's why it was easier for you to be able exactly to, to do that. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to change the trajectory, right? That my you know my why in terms of finances was I want to be the hand on top, not the hand on bottom. You know, as sure. a, and right. so why why is it? Do you think that you know? I think I think there was a statistics I was reading. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's something like 70% of all goals that are, that are written down in January are forgotten about by February. And it was really, uh, maybe it wasn't 70, but it was a really high number, right? Um, you know why? Because, because it's, it's superficial, bro. Like I said, in the beginning, I, look, so the way I approach things, yeah. you know, it may seem a little loose and a little free flowing, but that's after I've done the digging. This is where I need to get to. This is my 100. This is my best self, Right. And I've dug and I've thought about that so deeply that goal setting for me is just a process of getting there. I, I'm more concerned about habits. So like now, just the, the fact of that, I changed my mindset and I changed my habits. As you know, as investors, as veteran investors, much more than I know, one investment can change everything. So what happens is I look at it at that, like that. I need to change me. I need to change my habits. 
as I change my habits and the way that I deal with money, those goals are going to come. Alhamdulillah, you know? I hope you understand what I'm saying. I know this no, is totally. really kind of consensual. But, 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 you, no, no, you're right. And I just want to make, make one clarification. Uh, sure. And that is <clears throat> that you, yeah, and I, I can totally understand. I mean, if you put it in the context of, if I don't answer the question why, now obviously my goal is going to fail because I don't know why I'm motivating myself to wake up at six o'clock in the morning to go work out or, now, why am I not spending it on my latte rather than putting into investment? So there's there's that the motivational factor that's there, right? Yeah. But then, yeah. but then at the same time, you also mentioned that you you personally, I think you said you personally have this one year and five year goal. Yeah. Yeah. To be absolutely. able to get to that ultimate. So yes, so yes. tell me not, not, again, uh, tell me more about this 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 one year goal. What 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 what's the what's the accomplishment? Is is that the baby steps you're taking to get to your thing, or is it something else that's going on? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'll, I'll set one year goals. Yeah, I, I know, I know, and this is gonna, this is very counterintuitive what I'm gonna say. Most of what we hear uh, is the complete opposite. Yeah. My approach is based on who I am. I, I live a very free flowing life, as you know, yeah. Mono, right? And so, so my one year goals, I have those set goals, but to me, it's about progress more than, more than reaching those exact goals, it's more about progress. Right. So it's so, not beating so, yourself over the head if you didn't accomplish it. It's more exactly. about how, how far have I come? Exactly. Did I, more importantly, what's underlying those goals? You see, that's why what you just said, the 70%, 70%, they don't know what's underlying that goal, right? They don't have that big picture of their, in their life. They don't have that, that vision of their, their roadmap ahead. They don't have that clarity. So because they don't have that clarity and they don't have that underlying understanding of themselves, right, and where they want to take their lives, that goal becomes very um, not heavy, right? So if you're somebody, I mean, who's caught up in the New Year's, I've got to make a list of five things and you're, you're, someone told you that you should make a list of things that you need to accomplish. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I guess what it seems like you're saying is rather than get caught up in that, to just look inside yourself, what do you want long-term and to think about ways to move in the right direction that you know work for you and are not on someone else's terms? Yeah. Uh, sorry, I know it's very unconventional. I know everyone talks about this and this and doing it structured and this way and this way. I'm just very different, right? And in sure. that process, all those goals will be accomplished because yeah. I am someone different. So then I would do want to ask you one thing, kind of tying a little bit together and kind of moving it to the next level, which Please. is, you know, for yourself, you, you mentioned you were able to accomplish that. You're also hanging out with wealthy people. A lot of those people didn't get their habits from their parents. They, they kind of developed them on their own. Exactly. And now there will be, obviously, they're going to eventually pass away and they're going to be a generational wealth transfer that's going to happen. So, yes. so yeah. what kind of uh, habits do you think you would want, you, you would want to tell them to try to instill into their children so that they're not back in the same cycle. And, and, you know, they're not talking to, you know, little Adnan junior about you know, changing their life. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, I think, you know, uh, you know, again, you guys are experts in this in terms of, you know, you know, finances. I think it's having those conversations. The only conversation about money I had growing up was money's not important. That's all I heard. Right. Well, I think, you know, it was said with good intention. Hey, your faith, your family, all those things are priorities in life. And, and I thank God for that, for that lesson. But money is important. <laughs> and, 
and I think economic empowerment as individuals and as a community is wildly important. If money wasn't important, why would we even be taxed on it from Zakat perspective? So you're absolutely right. Hundred percent. So I would say have those conversations. Teach them. Teach them about financial intelligence, about being financially intelligent. Teach them about investing. You know, recently, uh, you know, my 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 niece got married, and instead of giving her money, I gifted her stocks. Things like that. You know, so that they start understanding that. Look, if you're thinking long term, you need to start now. Like I'm, I'm not a productivity hack guy. I'm not about that. I'm about. Do you really understand you? what you want, where you're going, live that way. And then eventually all your goals will be met. No, thank you for, for, for your time. No, I appreciate you guys, man. All right. Take care, man. <laughs> all right. Nice thank you so much. Chris. Good so to meet good. you too. Thank you. All right, man. Take care, guys. Please consider an investment's objectives, risks, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. To obtain this and other important information about the Amana Funds in a current prospectus or summary prospectus, please visit amanafunds.com or call toll-free 1-800-728-8762. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. The Amana Funds are distributed by Saturna Brokerage Services, member FINRA and SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Saturna Capital, the investment advisor to the Amana Funds. Investing involves risk, including the risk that you could lose money. The Amana Funds restrict investments to those companies consistent with Islamic and sustainable principles, which limits opportunities and may affect performance. This material is for general information only and is not a research report or commentary on any investment products offered by Saturna Capital. This material should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security in any jurisdiction where such an offer or solicitation would be illegal. We do not provide tax accounting or legal advice to our clients and all investors are advised to consult with their tax, accounting, or legal advisors regarding any potential investment. Investors should not assume that investments in the securities and or sectors described were or will be profitable. This podcast is prepared based on information Saturna Capital deems reliable. However, Saturna Capital does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information. Investors should consult with a financial advisor prior to making an investment decision. The views and information discussed in this commentary are at a specific point in time, are subject to change, and may not reflect the views of the firm as a whole. All material presented in this publication, unless specifically indicated otherwise, is under copyright to Saturna. No part of this publication may be altered in any way copied or distributed without the prior express written permission of Saturna Capital.